Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 56 of the Fly Route Podcast. I am your host, Anthony, a.k.a. Tony Playboy, a.k.a. the Kyrie Clapback, a.k.a. John Gruden Sensitivity Trainer, a.k.a. Grudemania. What are you gonna do when the emails come for you? Brother, brother, brother. And I have an exciting show for you today. We are going to get into the John Gruden leaked email scandal and its oncoming ripples that will cascade through the NFL. We are going to get into the fly route for Kyrie Irving now that his situation with the Brooklyn Nets is more solidified. I am going to give you my fly five picks for week six of the NFL. And last but definitely not least, we are going to give a big, big, big baller's bouquet to Jarvis Landry of the Cleveland Browns. The fly route pod. 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 Welcome to the tee off. Ooh, spill that tea, sis. This is how I like to start the show off. I like to spill some tea on our favorite athletes and some of the crazy situations they get themselves into. Today's tee off is a special edition on John Gruden. I'm going to break down the John Gruden leaked email scandals. This story was huge. And for all my YouTube viewers, y'all got a sneak peek a little early on Wednesday when I dropped the tee off there. And that is a big reason why you should definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can get individual small clips of the podcast and bonus content, the Fly Route Pod type it in in your search bar it's guaranteed to pop up so if you were one of the viewers who got to see this tee off early you could just fast forward about 10 and a half minutes and continue with the podcast there for the rest of you enjoy John Gruden has resigned, and if you don't already know, he was caught making a host of racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, etc. comments and emails spanning from 2018 to 2011. And honestly, this is what he deserves, and this is what he gets. And most importantly, this is not a resignation. This is a retirement announcement for John Gruden. There is without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, there is no way he gets another job in the NFL in any official capacity. He had a good run. He won a chip with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then had an extremely underwhelming run with the Raiders recently. And most importantly, now he gets to ride off into the sunset with a lot of money and a lifetime's worth of shame and ridicule. So John Gruden resigned after the New York Times leaked a series of emails that were sent by the NFL to the Raiders in an investigation that they had into the Washington football team spanning back into last year. And sidebar, this is something that you are going to want to keep a note of because it is extremely important and will be helpful later. So Gruden was using his personal email, but sending emails to Bruce Allen, the former president of the Washington football team's official team email. And this is kind of important because the things that someone says in an email, especially sent to somebody's work email, is like usually a little bit more filtered version of a person. And if there are years 
and years of emails spanning this type of rhetoric and behavior, that is just who a person is, period. And if you can say those things in an email that you know is going to somebody's work email and server, imagine what they say when they are all together in their good old boys club just hanging out. Levels worse. Now, the first email that was released last week where John Gruden was talking about a former player, now member of the NFL, PA, Demoris Smith, in which he said, Dumboris Smith has lips the size of Michelin tires. And obviously, the large lipped black person is a trope that goes back to menstrual shows, etc. And there are definitely a lot of resources out there if you need more information to understand why that is problematic. Now, there was some outrage on this but it was disappointingly very selective people waved this off as something he did 10 years ago people questioned the fact that it came out during a key nflpa vote for demora smith to keep a lot of power within the nflpa etc and a lot of people said that people were just way too sensitive about these type of issues. Now, all those people look like absolute idiots. Even at the point where you weren't ready for Gruden to be fired, which I'm not denouncing those people in particular, the active hoops and like backwards bends that people did to defend this man's integrity was honestly just disgusting to me. In fact, Demore Smith responded to those type of people directly yesterday in tweets that were kind of some subs people may think towards people like the legendary coach Tony Dungy who defended Gruden's character on Sunday Night Football saying that we just need to accept his apology and move on and it's important to note that Tony Dungy is a black man and a black coach in the NFL who's experienced the NFL its highs its lows etc and all the things that we like to talk about however on Monday a host of emails spanning from 2011 to 2018 were released where Gruden basically offends every single social group possible besides, of course, white men. And this is something that I think guarantees that he is out of the NFL for good. So we already talked about how he called Demoris Smith, Dumboris Smith with lips the size of Michelin tires. He also called Commissioner Roger Goodell the F word, like F A. Double G, obviously, keep going. He referred to uh, Michael Sam saying that queers should not be drafted into the NFL and there should be no pressure made towards accepting them into our league. And mind you be that he made these two homophobic or anti-gay comments having the only openly gay player to ever play in the NFL game on his roster so that is very important of how do you think that man can command him or how the locker room if they support him looks at Gruden because of comments like these now he also said Eric Reed and players who were kneeling for the national anthem should be fired he said he also sent a link to an article about how the players were pushing Goodell to actually put in initiatives for racial inequality to be solved or push for criminal justice reform. And his response to Goodell taking them seriously was saying Goodell needs to hide in his own concussion protocol tent. But remember what everybody told you last week, Gruden is not a racist. He just makes racist comments frequently. 
over and over again. Now, Gooden also mocked Caitlyn Jenner, who received the ESPN award for their transition in 2015. He said women shouldn't be referees in the NFL. And this is one of the most important parts to me, as he exchanged emails with Allen that I referred to formerly the former president of the Washington football team. And other men where they shared pictures of women only wearing bikini bottoms etc and these photos include members of the washington football team's cheerleading squad at the time and if everyone else does not remember this this is actually a huge domino for me in 2018 the washington football team was investigated there was a new york times report where washington football team cheerleaders were taken to costa rica then the team therefore took their passports when they landed to leave them stranded and 100 percent in team control then had them do photo shoots for a calendar and during the photo shoots had them pose nude by force for a host of male cohorts that they had that were team brass team investors and like season suite holders and then Afterwards, and this is really important because the article kind of quotes, they felt like they were being pimped out as they were forced after a 14-hour photo shift to be the escort for a lot of these very powerful and wealthy men to nightclubs. And this is something that the league has been taking extremely seriously. The Washington football team was fined $10 million and they kind of had to overturn a lot of their front office because of something like this. And this is A, where those other people on that email chain might end up seeing people come for them afterwards, but B, because of how the NFL is taking this issue so seriously, particularly surrounding the Washington football team, I cannot see John Gruden ever getting another job in here. And it's most important now that I have to talk to Raiders Nation and Raiders fans. Raiders fans, especially Raiders fans that are still supporting John Gruden are a disgrace to the silver and black. And I say that not as a Raiders fan, but more of a football historian that understands what the Raiders organization has stood for when it comes to social progress in the league and in the nation. Mark Davis, who is the current owner of the Raiders, is the son of Al Davis. And Al Davis used to be the owner of the Raiders. Al Davis is the very reason why we have things like the Rooney Rule. He is also the first person to sign an NFL black quarterback, an NFL Latino quarterback, an NFL black and Latino head coach, the first person to have a woman executive and CEO in Amy Trask. That is the Raiders. Yes, the Raiders are a bastion of social progress when we understand NFL history. They also even had a game back when they were the AFL where they were supposed to play a game in Alabama and because they mandated that blacks and whites be segregated in Alabama, Al Davis said they would not play the game unless the other team came to Oakland so their team could not be forced segregated because he did not believe in those laws and those standings. So when I say that Raiders fans that support John Gruden are a disgrace, I mean it because Al Davis would have fired John Gruden in the first email. He wouldn't have needed the second seven plus years of evidence because that is who he is and that is what he believed he should stand for with the power he held owning a organization. He is seriously turning in his graves looking at a lot of you Raiders fans act like clowns right now. And that was your tee off. Now it's very important to note that the new coach is Rich Basia who is kind of a John Gruden's right-hand man, which is important because they've been together for 
decades, two decades plus. He was with him on the Tampa Bay staff. He's always been his assistant head coach and special teams coordinator. And I don't know anything about him personally or anything negative about him personally, but birds of a feather flock together. And we know that. So you've been rocking with this guy for two decades and this is how he moves in his circles. What does that say about you? Now, he, of course, should be able to prove himself, should be able to win the locker room over, and should not be immediately excluded because of his affiliation to John Gruden. But it is something that I think deserves an extra layer of scrutiny as we move forward. Y'all, it's Tony Playboy. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into the fly five picks for week six. All right, man. Last week was tough. I went two and three, very close to going three and two. We got jobbed by the Packers spread minus three and a half. Packers only winning by three. Ugh, that one was definitely a heartbreaker. My side bet, the Bears. Minus five against the Raiders definitely covered for you all, but I'm not going to count that because it was not an official pick. I am taking a little bit of a different approach coming in this week. I'm going to take a couple more dogs and let's see if we can get back on top and rebound after a little bit of a subpar week. Now, before we get into that, I got to talk to you about my sponsors, Pick'em Wars. They gave out hundreds of dollars last week. For people that literally played a free game, all they did was predict the games that happened this upcoming Sunday by the spreads. And the players with the most correct picks get a share of a grand cash prize. Direct PayPal deposit. You can invite your friends. It's that easy. The pick is yours. Pick them yours. Let's get into the Fly 5 picks. All right. The first is the Bengals versus the Lions. I have the Bengals minus two and a half. The Lions are going to take another heartbreaking loss, and it's going to be sad to see Dan Campbell's tear field post-game presser, I think, definitely energize his team, will cause a lot of the guys in that locker room to want to buy in more and fight harder for their guy. But it's not going to matter. And that's the difficult part about this. The Bengals are a really good team. Surprisingly so for many people. And I think that it's going to be relatively a mismatch. The Bengals are coming off their own heartbreaking close loss in OT. The difference was they had it against Aaron Rodgers. Every single member of that Bengals locker room left that game feeling even more confident than when they walked into it. Not just in themselves and in their team, but especially their quarterback in Joe Burrow. And that energizes the team in a different way. So I expect a bounce back from a team that is good that just took a loss. Last but not least, understand this. Let's talk numbers. Cincinnati's defense is seventh in the league when it comes to points per game. That is shockingly good if you think about it. That's quite underrated. That's going to give them the little extra oomph that they need against the Lions team that is really not even scoring in the top half of the league. All right, let's move on to the next pick. Next pick, Chargers versus the Ravens. Oh, wow. This, for me, is the game of the week. These two teams have consistently put on electric fire shows with their offenses and made key defensive plays that have made exciting, exciting games all season long. Chargers plus three and a half. First off, I'm not even going to have to say that the Chargers 
win this game outright. But if I'm being honest with you just right now, the Chargers are a better team than Baltimore. They are a more complete team than Baltimore. Better on defense right now. They are better on offense just by just being more complete and more healthy. So this is the second straight week the Chargers are going on the road as dogs against a team that they are structurally better against. This was one of my two picks that hit last week. Chargers plus three and a half is a safe bet to me. Next pick for me is the Texans versus the Colts. And I really like this game actually. The Texans are plus 10 and a half. That is a huge spread. Double digit spreads, I understand a lot of people are really anxious about these, but I love being able to fade a good double digit spread. And the Texans have been surprisingly competitive this year and people are still not catching on or willing to give David Cully and that staff that he has put together the respect that they deserve for putting out a respectable product on the field that is competitive against their opponents each and every single week on their backup rookie quarterback. First off, the Texans have been three and two against the spread this season. And the only two teams to actually cover the massive spreads that they got against the Texans were the Browns and the Bills, two top 10 teams in the NFL. That is not the Colts. The Colts are bad. And that's not like they can't make the playoffs because they're in the AFC South, but the Colts are not a good football team yet. Do not get fooled by their Monday night miracle showdown with Lamar Jackson. This is a trap game for me because people do not respect the Texans. Texas plus 10 and a half. Next game. All right. This was my runner up for game of the week. Arizona versus the Cleveland Browns. I am taking the cards plus 2.5. I don't understand how this is happening again, but somehow the Browns are favored against the team that they are worse than a second week in a row. Arizona Cardinals score more points per game and give up less points a game than the Browns over this season so far. They are almost 15% more likely to score in the red zone when they get there than the Browns. Cleveland ranks 25th in red zone efficiency versus Arizona's fifth. Teams have been able to come in and consistently put up points on this Cleveland Browns defense and score in bunches. And Baker is starting to show that he is not able to keep up with the fireworks show when the moment really counts. Right now, I like cards plus 2.5. This one's going to be an interesting matchup. Next game and my last game that I am calling here is Dallas versus New England. I like this Dallas minus four. I don't know how this spread is so close. I think Dallas might blow the doors off the Patriots. This Dallas team is actually really good. And this Patriots team literally lost to the Texans last week. Like very close. Nearly lost to the Texans last week. Dallas is second in the league in points per game at 34, second in yards per game, number one in touchdowns per game, and points per play. The New England Patriots with Mac Jones has shown you literally nothing. 
the entire season that makes you believe that they can keep up with that type of production, no matter what their defense does. Let's not even get into talking about Trayvon Diggs. That man's a literal pick machine. And the Patriots this year have uncharacteristically loved turnovers. I think this is an easy matchup for Dallas. Being able to cover minus four, it's just going to be tough. Patriots are bottom seven in the league in turnover differential, bottom seven in the league in points per game, 31st in touchdowns per game, and red zone efficiency. Dallas has one of the most prolific offenses in the league. Smash it. Safest game of the week. Let's not play, boy. All right, all right. Let's get into the fly route for Kyrie Irving. Oh, things are really interesting for Kyrie now. Sean Marks, the GM of the Brooklyn Nets, has said that him and ownership has officially came to the decision that Kyrie will not be allowed to be a part-time player because Kyrie is not vaccinated. He's not allowed to play in any Brooklyn home games because of local New York law. He is not getting vaccinated. He went on IG Live Wednesday night and made his stance clear that he is choosing what is best for him. He does not want to lose money. He does not want to not play the game. He doesn't want to not risk getting a championship, but he definitely does not want to get vaccinated. And he believes that he is not getting fair accommodations for his choice to choose to not get vaccinated, but that is neither here nor there, regardless of how ridiculous that sounds. He just doesn't want people to be divided, according to Kyrie. He doesn't want to be a larger messenger for anybody's political message. Kyrie decides to clap back and let us know what he thinks and to set his own narrative. Now, this is really important because he said he is not going to retire. He loves the game of basketball. And that's actually a narrative that people have been really running with in the media. But from Kyrie's mouth, he said he's not going to retire over this. So now that's interesting. What happens? Kyrie says he's not going to get vaccinated. He said he's not going to retire. The Brooklyn Nets say he cannot play as a halftime player. And the first and foremost part of this I need you to understand is I feel like what really ends up happening that got us here where we are right now, the domino effect, is that they got that loophole. Kyrie got to come to practice. Kyrie comes to practice. He sees KD. He sees Harden. They get to chop it up. And they like, hey, Ree, what's going on, man? You know, we need you. What's going to happen? You know, I'm not going to get the vaccine, Ree says. And he then starts explaining his I want to be a voice to the voiceless logic. It's just my choice. I don't want it. I will defy everything that the scientists say, but I respect the scientists and I'm not saying that they're liars. And they're like, what the hell is this man on? And I think right after that practice, Katie finally gave Sean Marks the green light to get Kyrie's ass out of Brooklyn. And that's what I think is going to happen. If Kyrie says he's not going to retire, Kyrie won't get vaccinated. Kyrie gets traded. And that brings us to an OG fly route segment. What is the fly route for Kyrie Irving? Now, honestly, the first thing I got to do, I love to debunk the bad, bad options. That is the Philadelphia 76ers. This one is not going to happen. Everybody says it's the natural fit. Two really disgruntled stars. Oh, those teams would be so magnificent. Daryl Morey is laughing 
his ass off at the fact that people believe that that's a trade that's going to happen. It's not going to happen. Here is the first reason. Kyrie only has two years left on his deal. The second year of that two-year deal is a player option. Ben Simmons has four straight no player option, no out style contract right now. The value match for that is terrible. And Brooklyn doesn't have the picks to send back with Kyrie to even make that really work. They gave them all up to get Harden. So it doesn't really make any sense for people to think how that value works. Now here's my second reason why it will not work. Daryl Morey will not take a swing at another disgruntled player. He is not going to trade disgruntled Ben Simmons, who is disgruntled because he feels like he was slighted a bunch by the fans, by you know his teammates, his coaches, etc., to aimlessly disgruntled Kyrie. Like, you would much rather have aimed disgruntled Ben Simmons because it's very clear what Ben Simmons wants and how to solve it. Kyrie is an enig enigma. What the issue is going to be can constantly change, and he wants to get out of that turmoil to start building chemistry with the team that can win and move forward. The third is, it's now urgent for Brooklyn to move Kyrie. The sooner they can, the better it is for them. The sooner they get their next star in, the sooner they get their other pieces in to build the chemistry that they were not able to get last year. They don't want to have to repeat that. And because of that, their timelines are off because Ben Simmons caved as soon as the fines hit his check. And he was like, oh, whoa, a milli? Already? So now they got Ben back in the fold. Ben's trade value will go up over time, but it is imperative for Brooklyn to start to try to move Kyrie. So I'm going to give you what I think the real fly route is for Kyrie Irving. And the most realistic option for me and my favorite option and it's interesting for both sides, is a trade with the Indiana Pacers. And there are a lot of reasons because of this. And the first one is at the forefront. You gotta understand that local governments follow on with each other. We just saw LA institute the same vaccine protocol that New York and San Francisco had, which means Clippers are out, Lakers are out, etc. already. Which means that any team that is in a relatively liberal district should be pretty scared about trading for Kyrie, because you could trade for Kyrie, the local laws change and you're screwed. So you gotta go somewhere that leans relatively right. And who does not love the good old home of the Ku Klux Klan, Indiana? Well, black people, but that's neither here nor there. Trade with the Pacers. I think the Pacers give Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner, maybe some picks get moved around, who knows, for Kyrie Irving. The money between those two players for Kyrie works 100% straight. And I think that that is great because both of those players still have two years on their contract. Miles and Brogdon, just like Kyrie. The Pacers get all-star talent in Kyrie Irving. The Pacers are a team that will frequently try to take that disgruntled star's contract in hopes that they can get that star to re-sign. That's their best way to get all-star talent in free agency or anyway because People just aren't coming to Indiana to come to Indiana. So they take a big swing at Kyrie. I feel like Sabonis is amazing, but Sabonis and Turner on the floor together has been clunky consistently, and they would actually benefit from clearing out that logjam and giving Sabonis some more paint area to work with and work off of with Kyrie. That would actually be nuts. 
And I think Brooklyn instantly gets way better for this because at center, Miles Turner instantly becomes the best center option on that team. It fills their biggest defensive hole and makes Brooklyn a much better defensive team, especially being able to protect around the rim. Malcolm Brogdon is a good rotational piece. He can be your starting point guard. That plus Patty Mills puts you in a pretty good place. And the increased defensive pressing you get for Miles Turner is actually important. And Malcolm Brogdon is actually a great piece for them because he's a really efficient player. He does not need the ball a lot to get off. He had a 50-40-90 season. The last thing for me here is there have been some rumors that people point out. Cavs are getting tossed around for K-Love. I don't think that's going to happen. I think everybody in the league is content to wait for Caleb to be bought out, which feels like it's inevitable. I heard the D'Angelo Russell Minnesota moves. That's actually a vibe. I won't lie. Bringing D'Angelo Russell back home to the Nets would be definitely cool to see. I like the fit of Brogdon Turner better for sure. And I'm not sure what the extra piece that comes back from Minnesota to beat that deal, especially in a world where the Pacers have already proven that they're willing to move Malcolm Brogdon. They tried to move Malcolm Brogdon in picks for Ben Simmons. They are not afraid to do it. He is on the block already. Alright, welcome to the final segment of our show, the heart of the show, Ballers Bouquets. Too often in the media, people only want to focus on the negative and salacious things athletes do and never want to give them their credit where credit is due. Here, I like to make a change. And this week's Ballers Bouquet goes to Jarvis Landry of the Cleveland Browns for doing a neighborhood meal distribution service that happened in his hometown of Covenant, Louisiana. And through this service, he fed hundreds of families that were impacted by Hurricane Ida, giving them hot meals, water, all through a drive-through service that made it extremely safe. All right, now Jarvis Landry did all of this through his the Jarvis Landry Building Winners Foundation. This is the foundation that he launched in 2020 when he was particularly moved by the impacts of social justice movements going on throughout that summer. And this foundation focuses on the major cities where Jarvis Landry played football, particularly New Orleans and that area from his LSU days, Miami from his days with the Dolphins, and Cleveland. And as you know on the Fire Out podcast, but wait. There is more. He also recently did a Thanksgiving meal drive where they gave away 300 Thanksgiving meals in the Cleveland Heights area. This is an annual program that he wants to continue to do. So as Turkey Day is coming around and we're thinking about it, we're thinking about Jarvis Landry once again. He also did a fund for a back to school drive where he gave 100 kids in the New Orleans area the chance to spend the day with him, get that one-on-one -on -one time that I always talk about that's so important, but also backpacks filled with school supplies that they can use. And during this time, he does another thing because, but wait, there's going to be more. He gave out a $5,000 scholarship to a recent graduate of the high school that he went to. And he does that as a yearly program as well. And these styles of givebacks have always been huge for Jarvis Landry. And even before he started the Jarvis Landry Building Winners Foundation in 2015, he started doing givebacks and funds and scholarships like these. And that's why he gets this week's Ballers Bouquet. 
And if you are interested in giving to the Jarvis Landry Building Winners Foundation, it's a 501c3, which means any money you donate is tax writable off. You can donate to them on Cash App, the dollar sign JLBW Foundation. All right, that's it for episode 56 of the Fly Route Podcast. As always, I appreciate each and every single one of you for rocking with me. Thank you so much. Let me know what you think about the upgraded tempo of the show and how we're moving things. I want to say I appreciate all of our listeners on YouTube, on Dia, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you're listening. Make sure you follow the pod on Twitter at the Fly Route Podcast. And I cannot wait to give you this upcoming episode next week. The Fly Route Pod. 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 The Fly Route Pod.